This is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Morda, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We have a really fun one today. One of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done, and, and maybe it was a little bit because we went through three bottles of wine, but we got Madison McKibben on, one of my favorite people whose videos with his brother Riley have been one of the biggest hits of the offseason. We did something a little bit different for this one, so we live-streamed it on the McKibben Facebook page. So I'll link to that in the show notes, but you can find the video version of this podcast, which we're splitting into two parts because we went way overboard just because we were having too much fun. Didn't really want to stop the conversation. Uh, So you can find the video version on the McKibben podcast or on the McKibben Facebook page, and I'll link to that in the show notes. We'll split this one up into two and enjoy our podcast here with Madison McKibben. All right, so uh, we're good. Did yeah. you start the Sandcast? Yeah, sorry right. guys. Well, th- this is Sandcast. We have a we have a lot of action going on here today. We got what three cameras? I think we got some. We got our audio. We got a video producer, an audio producer. We got an, an actress doing the lighting for us today. So yeah. wel- welcome back. <laughs> we have uh, Madison McKibben on today. One of my favorite lefties. Mad dog What's happening, man. bud? What's going on? Good yeah, to we, be here. we we got this whole thing figured out. Is this how all the video operations go with the McKibbins? Just just throwing stuff together? No. We, uh, to be honest, we really don't know what we're doing with all of our audio or all of our video equipment. But yeah, we watch works. videos on YouTube to learn how to make YouTube videos. That's, That's where we go. Uh, education. I know it's like the Matrix, like 1.0. Instead of downloaded information, <laughs> watch it. Okay, let's go do it. And that's kind of like where I where I wanted to start the podcast with what you're doing now because it's been such a big hit this off season. Like you guys have had the biggest off season, I think, of like any of the actual any players going overseas and stuff because your videos are blowing up. Yeah, I mean it's been a it's been a fun time. Riley and I have always talked about making these sort of videos because really there's there's not that much volume content online and so coming into this off season actually right at the end of last season we had a uh, kind of like our plan of what we wanted to do a rough plan because a lot of our stuff has changed and I think that's what has made our channel kind of enjoyable is we try one thing test it out if it doesn't work all right let's do something new but it's been just a fun experience especially when you're not playing to use your volleyball skills towards you know making some digital content right and where did you learn how to do this stuff i know that you went back to usc to get your master's right was that part of what you learned or was this just all just on your own so just winging it i went and got my master's after i got injured at sc uh in my fifth year i did communication management don't ask me exactly what that is it's kind of a, <laughs> a broad term i get it i know i'm okay at communication but um one of the things that i did was uh i took a few different classes and uh two of them you had to actually create video content one of them was called transmedia um, basically taking a storyline and adopting it to as many different mediums as possible. And the other one was this Hollywood 3.0 where we actually had to make a web series, which was incredibly hard. So I started playing around with, um, with a camera I had, and then USC offers the Adobe Creative Cloud. So I tried Photoshop, like everyone who tries Photoshop, and I was like, I'm never going to be good at this. And then I went to Premiere Pro. So through SC, I had access to Premiere Pro, which, disclaimer, for some reason, I still have access to it, and <laughs> Riley has signed on to my account. So I knew how to do a little bit of Premiere Pro, and then I taught Riley a little bit, but we learned through YouTube, and so we can both edit our videos. We both still use the same subscription for Adobe. I don't know when that's going to end here it's, or there. It's like that, but that yeah. Netflix friend that everyone has. That you just log on Exactly. To we're, we're on the unofficial family plan. So when you guys started this video series, what was the... What was the objective? Like, what was the goal or direction you wanted to go in? And how many zigs and zags has it taken since? Um, you know, the the goal was to, I mean, we just enjoyed making videos for the most part. Um, and it's something that we never had the opportunity to explore. We both studied business, but we always, you know, enjoyed movies. And so, um, sorry, can you repeat your question again? Just the, what direction did you guys want to start with the videos? Yeah, because I know okay. you said you like you said that you have no idea what you're doing. So I'm assuming that it has taken some zigs and zags yeah. to where so, you are now. So we initially went on YouTube to like you know find some beach volleyball content, you know, answer some questions that we had, and there was nothing out there. So we thought, you know, we don't have all the answers, and I hope our videos don't come across like that. Like this is the say all be all, but we wanted to give people 
um, a different perspective of what we've learned because we've only been on the tour for three years. We've grew up playing beach volleyball, but the stuff that we've learned between growing up playing beach and now is, is completely different. And I think, I mean, on YouTube it is the unique opportunity of sharing that information. And I think there's a lot of fans out there that want to know what the pros know. And so it's, you know, it fills that void and it kind of uh, closens that gap, closens that gap between fans and pros, which I think makes our sport so cool. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I've found just in terms of there is really no content, like there's not many other beach volleyball writers that I'm competing with. There's no other beach volleyball podcast that we're competing with. And there's, yeah, we're killing it. We're monopolizing the game. And I think John Mayer. Well, they're, they're coaching. <laughs> they're coaching. They do they're, indoor. They're coaching yeah, that's more like okay, that's okay. a lot of that's indoor stuff too. All right. And technical. Yeah, we just, like just we just kind of wing it. And yeah. And I think it's the accessibility to the players that you mentioned, though, that is so unique about this sport. Like when I started writing about it, like I got try, I got your phone number with like I sent like a couple of text messages out and got, and you were the fifth ranked player in the world. So that would be like me sending three texts and I have Kevin Durant's number. Yeah. You just don't see it very often. And yeah, that's a good, good comparison. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, relatively. Yeah, so I don't know what number five. I put well, Katie's probably like one or two. Yeah. With LeBron, KD, and then after that, it's kind of a stepping stone a little bit. Depends who you like. Who's, yeah, who is the NBA player that you compare yourself with? Oh, well. Now that we have I, Chase Budinger, an NBA player on tour. I'm not the Chase Budinger. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Versatile, big I, guy, I like can do it all. I myself to Kevin Durant, but I already said that Phil's the white Kevin Durant. Okay. So I guess, that's that's I guess, fair. I guess I'm LeBron then. I think Alison is more LeBron-ish, just not, body type. Uh, I take that. Yeah, but he doesn't have the touch that LeBron has. Yeah. Um, this is tough. Silence. <laughs> well, with the exit, with, we're getting... Conversation going Madison's getting a, a microphone etiquette lesson Sorry. in the background. Like I said, I don't know what but I'm doing. But with the accessibility to the players, you've been able to create this content that's blowing up. And, and you were talking about your YouTube channel growing, I'm assuming, much faster than you probably thought. Yeah, uh, a lot faster than we thought. We actually had the opportunity to uh, go to the YouTube studio in um, Playa Vista. And I found out, I went there, you can't have access if you have under 10,000 subscribers. So I just went there, check it out. Ended up finding out a lot of people come there to like, hey, can I use this? Can I use that? Right. What we found out is I told them how long we've been around and um, what our subscribership was, and they were they were astonished, you know. And that's not because we make unbelievable content, but because there is an existing market for volleyball fans, and that need for video content is not being fulfilled. And why? So we have so many different types of video content. Like we have the dude perfect, right, with the trick shots and stuff. Why yeah. did you go the direction of? I don't want to call your videos instructional because there's so much more fun than that. Like, here's how to bump set, right? You guys bring a, like a lot of humor and entertainment into it. But why'd you choose to go that direction? I think that's where we naturally went. Like, we're not incredibly serious people. And especially when we think about making videos, we want to make something like fun. Something right. that that's what's the best part about doing it. If we just kind of told you A, B, and C in a monotone voice and in incredibly instructional and was down at the beach and did a 12 minute video like that's boring yeah. that's boring is sorry excuse me it's just boring <laughs> right so we we enjoy just kind of throwing whatever and, and anything out there and that's what's so cool about it is we've gotten great feedback and it's allowed us to kind of be silly and kind of do things that we would normally not do and I mean, it's it's so rewarding to be able to do something like that. Yeah, and now I mean, like you, I feel like you've expanded so much. It started with the instructional videos, and then you, now you got drones flying around everywhere, and one's crashing in Hermosa the yeah, other day, <laughs> which is great. So I've crashed the drone once on a van trip. I have footage of that, and then Riley crashed it when we did the video of Chase. Actually, the passing video of Chase, you can see the drone crash in like the opening scenes. Riley wanted to put it in there. But you can see the drone. <laughs> day, someone filming you guys. Oh, Alex. and then Alex Bake had his Mavic Pro and down at like, know. yeah, just south of the pier. And the uh, the lifeguards came out and yelled at him because you're not allowed to fly drones out there. 
and he got rattled. I've been there. I've been rattled with a drone, and that's when I crashed mine, and Alex ended up crashing his. It's funny. I know that, so in Huntington the other day, uh, Jake Gibb was doing like a commercial shoot. I don't know what the sponsor was for, but they had drones going, and so you know what? You, you've been to the Huntington Pier. You know there's like steps yeah. by the pier, uh-huh. so that, that's where kind of a, a lot of like homeless people sleep and stuff, so one came over and was saying that, I'm from the Department of Homeland Security, and you guys need to stop there no. showing she was losing her mind. It was one of the fun <laughs> things. And you know Jake, like he's not going to say anything. He's just sitting there just biding his time. They couldn't shoot the commercial for like half hour. She's like, I'm from Homeland Security, and that turns illegal. No way. It was great. Oh, you, that's fantastic. It, it, was, it was too funny, but you guys just had lifeguards saying, hey, bring the drone down. Yeah, we've, we've luckily never... Well, we, we fly our drones in... Um, Authorized areas. We don't fly our, fly our drones in any unauthorized areas, so we haven't had that sort of problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so, so you guys, when the drone crashed the other day, you were practicing with Sean Rosenthal and Chase Budinger, mm-hmm. and Chase is someone that no one has seen on the beach, aside from like six-man or four-man, yeah, which I don't really think counts necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so what? how is Chase on the beach? Just what's your first impression of him? Shit. <laughs> Not that he's shit, but he's a really good player. And to add another great elite, you know, big guy in there, it sucks for me. I think you got to understand you know? that uh, people have to understand that he was probably the number one recruit in the nation for volleyball. Oh, by far he and away. Volleyball coming out of high school. So the, the guy grew up playing volleyball, made the smart choice, went to the NBA and yeah. made a So if I can remember correctly, he was in the same class as Kavika Shoji, Garrett Mwangatutio, who's All-American from UCLA, and then I know Spencer McLaughlin played against him, so did my brother, all growing up in club, and tries right. He was hands down the best player out of those, and you're talking about Olympians here, Kavika, Garrett, Garrett was on his team, and Chase was a better player than he was. And that's what one of my buddies coaches at UCI and helps out with the national team. And he said that if Chase would have stuck with volleyball, there's no question that he'd have been on the national team. Mm -hmm. So I think that just speaks to that. Yeah, the athleticism. What an idiot. Like, (laughs) U.S. national team for volleyball or NBA (laughs) basketball player? What a dummy. (laughs) And now you have made the transition from indoor to beach, and I know that it's not an easy one. Mm-hmm. And your story of you and Riley making that transition to beach is one of my favorites when you guys were practicing. Oh, yeah, no yeah, one yeah, could yeah, see yeah, you guys. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners, like for me, for example, I never played indoor volleyball. I have no idea how hard it is. Mm-hmm. So can you walk us through just the transition from indoor to beach, why it's so difficult, and just the process of it and how long it might take a guy like Chase, who has an indoor background, was yeah. phenomenal, but there's a lot of skills that might be difficult to translate. Well... I, I can't say that transitioning to the beach was as hard as it is for some indoor players because, like Try, I mean, we grew up playing at the Outrigger. So we more grew up playing beach, went to high school and college for indoor, and then went back to the beach, right? Also, Madison, you played on the junior national. I feel like you were almost like a, a beach specialist growing up, a lot more than some of us, because you got to play on the youth national team. Right? Yeah, fortunately. Not many people played on... I didn't even play on the youth national team, actually. Yeah, there, there wasn't... To be honest, there wasn't that much competition back well, the back then. Uh kind of. But off. I mean I mean what what an awesome experience to be able to do that. Right. Like I was seventeen years old, went to the Netherlands. I think I got caught drinking by USAV, but they're here nor there. <laughs> but I mean, being a being a young kid, being able to travel the world, you get that like you, you get that opportunity to play internationally and it's like, whoa, I could do this later on after college. So being able to experience that made me want to play beach that much more. It's like, wow, this is an amazing experience when I mean, you've been there, yeah. like meeting people from all over the world, these international competitions and some of the international teams are so much nicer than some of the U.S. teams. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legit experience for sure. And I think, I mean, especially when you're young, like it's, you're like, holy crap. They just gave me a shirt that says USA Volleyball on it. Like, this is sick. I'm on the national team. Yeah. You, like, Once you get all that out. USA gear, yeah. I made it. <laughs> it's, just like, cool. it's just cool <laughs> to right. say, too. Yeah. yeah. I never thought of it that way. You're right. And so you were three-time state champ at Punaha? So, yeah. Three-time state champ. I actually, uh, disclaimer, obviously I lost one year. I lost to Brad Lawson, who's actually our... Producing the sound. Our sound designer and producing the sound today. So, yeah, shout out to Brad. He beat me once. 
<laughs> but yeah, so three you time. were three-time state champ in high school, and then you made two Final Fours in college uh, at USC? Yeah, two Final Fours. One was with you at Penn State, yeah, and then the second one, Try and Riley were gone. Tony Sorelli single-handedly took us to the finals with, <laughs> with Micah Christensen. Not a bad team. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. And then you went overseas to play indoor. So what uh, was your experience with sort of ish? I know you were kind of in and out of injuries, right? Gosh, where do I start? <laughs> so um, I, I got injured my, my senior year at SC and then redshirted that year, stayed a fifth year. That's where I did grad school. And after that, I was like, you know, I, I never really felt like I really reached my potential in indoor. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I really want to go play internationally. Riley had a few experience, uh, a few years experience playing. And so what happened was Riley was kind of on his way out, but he's like, hey, let's try and get on the same team here. I was like, dude, that would be awesome. But it was tough to get me on a team. So Riley did some finagling and we ended up getting on a team in Greece, in Lamia. And so I, unfortunately, a month before, uh, we left, I, like, uh, I injured my knee. I think it was a stress fracture in my knee. And so I ended up leaving, going to Athens, living with my agent for a month while Riley practiced with the team in Lamia, like two hours north of Athens. Um, long story short, our team wasn't great. The owner was a little shady, like most international, US <laughs> international <laughs> players have dealt with. I'm not saying anything new. Uh, we had our ups and downs and um, Riley ended up, things were just not going well. Riley ended up signing a contract to, uh, to, to Italy back in November, and I was going to wait it out. And I, I can go into depth of how this, this went. It's kind of a funny story. I go but, for it. Um, we're, we're all about the funny stories here. So what happened was we went to Athens to play in this match. Uh, the owner told me, if you don't play well in this match, you're out. I was like, well, I don't really care because no one was getting paid on the team at the time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, eh, whatever. No, no one was getting paid in the whole country. So we, we played in that match. We, their international players weren't supposed to play that game because they weren't getting paid, but then they ended up getting, pay, getting paid before the match. It's, it's complicated, but we lose in three. I got player of the match. I played well. Played really, really well. And so our coach allowed us to stay in the town um, when we played there. So we stayed in Athens. I stayed with two of the guys on the team. We had a great time. And then we took a train back to our place. And I get back to my apartment, the one that Riley used to live in. We had three bedrooms. I go open my room, and I open the door, and there's a guy from Brazil sleeping in my bed. <laughs> sleeping in my bed. And I'm kind of hungover, and I turn on the lights. I'm like, what the, what the F is going on? <laughs> and he wakes up, kind of like, oh, looks at me, scoffs at me. And he, he can't really speak English, so I was like, Dude, get out of my room. Like, I'm not leaving yet. You gotta take my spot. You take my spot. And so what ended up happening was, uh, obviously, the owner got this new outside hitter to come in. But because we had um, a limited number of, of international players, I had to sign off on my release. So I was like, I ain't signing that paper until you pay me my money. Right. So paid me my money. I signed it. Called Riley. Riley had a two-story bedroom uh, apartment on the beach in Italy in Ravenna. I was like, dude, no, let me come stay with you. I, I don't want to go home yet. So I went there. I played housewife for like three months and just kicked it and chilled. That's awesome. So yeah, that was my time in Europe. Sorry if that was too long. I regret no. not visiting you guys out there. Yeah, we had a great time. I feel you. It so, was a fun time, though. So you and Riley have sort of always been partners in a way. Because like Riley kind of convinced you hey, let's go overseas. He pulled some strings. You're going indoor. Then yeah. you kicked it with him for a couple months, and then you guys started out on the beach. Have you... This is... Oh, yeah. Kind I, of, I, I, I didn't get me. how we started on the beach. It's, Sorry. And, and I'll, I'll take the story with a random Brazilian waking up. Sorry. <laughs> and he did. We weren't sleeping together. He was in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know him before this. <laughs> it, it blows my mind, though, how much you and Riley are always wanting to be partners because, like, me and my brother will play golf together for like nine holes, and if we're on the same team, we're screaming at each other by the ninth. And you guys, have you guys always been tight? There's a whole other so, thing. yeah, I'm. No, I mean, like, we, we go back and forth like any other sibling, right? If I told you, yeah, we get along, we get along great, right? We're best of friends, that'd be not true. Can I swear on this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I Just maybe, maybe no, like, F bombs. Okay. That's probably all right, all right, sorry. Anyway, so. <laughs> 
Um, I, I gotta tell you, I, I'm gonna throw it back to Italy just a little bit. We're gonna pause there for a quick commercial break from our wonderful sponsors. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawera, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is, of course, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel to Florida, if you wanted to go visit the FIVB Major, to Hawaii, if you want to go see my boy Tri at the Outrigger Canoe Club, to Europe, to California for any of the AVP and FIVB events out here on the best coast, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way. Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. And, you know, my career in Greece didn't go that well. And I was kind of, I mean, some, some, some athletes reach this point or not, but I was kind of like, I'm done, right? And me and Riley spent countless hours at his kitchen table in Italy, drinking wine and talking story, um, solving all the world's problems, you know, standard things. Sounds like what we do on Sandcast. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, Riley comes up, he's like, hey, what if we go home and play on the beach? And I was kind of resigned to be like, you know what, I, I'm done. I was, I was actually done with volleyball. I was cool with it. I was going to go back to grad school, finish that, and, you know, move on with my life. Volleyball was like, you know, after getting injured before Greece, it was just so, it was tough, right? So Riley convinced me, he's like, you know what, let's just play together on the beach. Let's see what happens. And I was, wasn't for it at first. And then when we got back, he kept talking to me. I was like, you know what, let's, let's give it a run. Let's give it a try. And so what you were saying before, we, we were living in Marina del Rey, and we were practicing by ourselves with one volleyball with no lines. It's really south, um, sorry, really south Venice, where no one would ever see us because we were too embarrassed. So that kind of gives you a little background of how our career was started playing beach. And to answer your question, our relationship, it goes up and down, but you can ask further questions from there. I just wanted to establish it with that. I remember yeah. when... When they first came out, I was like, "Yes, Matt and Riley are on the beach now." I call them up. They're like, "No, we're not. We're not practicing with you guys. We're not ready." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, why not? Like, what are you guys doing? I remember trying. <laughs> we're not ready to practice with you guys. We're, no, we suck right now. I remember try try texted Riley, and Riley's like, "Dude, try wants to practice with us." I was like, "Dude, no, no." And I remember the first practice when we practiced with Try and Hayden. I remember John Hayden was unbelievable player, still is. And I remember hitting down balls, and I was so nervous hitting down yeah. balls at these guys. I'm like, I'm totally gonna, I'm totally gonna f this up. I'm never gonna call back. Hayden's gonna be like, try it. these yeah, are like, the guys <laughs> you bring, like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, we had at least eight inch beards too, the when longest they they'd were, ever been. They were longer than what you rocking now. Oh yeah, yeah they, they were nice. here. I have uh, my ID somewhere. I'll show you that. I'll give it a close up. Ah, later. Yeah, we'll do that later. That's mm. hilarious, though. But I know that feeling because every time, the first time that I practiced with you, I had that same feeling. I was like, God, I got to hit this high line and bounce. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I get it. I got it with all the, the top players. Once you get that call, I mean, I remember when me and Riley first started off, getting the call from Try and Hayden was unreal, but Try was a friend. Yeah, I remember, the, me, I remember the next people that we were like, dude, the call this was Kurt Topple and Mark Burek. I, mean, I swear to God. I, hey, I, well, I was like, 
Rilo, we're moving up. Not moving up from you guys, because you were a friend, you know? Right. These are guys who don't know us. Yeah, this wasn't a favor. Yeah, so, this wasn't a favor. Yeah. So we're like, dude, we're moving up. I can't remember the team we got to practice with who was in, like, the top, but we were like, whoa. And speaking of Burek, in your first qualifier in New York City, right, that was number one for you guys? Yeah. In 20, was it 15? Uh, 20. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it was I think it was mid 2015. You beat Mark Burek and Adam Roberts to in the round to get in. No, I beat or I beat Topple and Burek in the round to get in and I beat Brad Lawson and Adam Roberts in the round before. Okay. That. Okay. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> and so here like here you guys were. I mean, you were you like starstruck playing oh, yeah. just practicing with Burek. I, th- I think we had just practiced with them right before that. I think they probably called us because they thought, oh, we might be facing these guys. Maddie, Just a little scouting report. Sorry. Yep, what, I'm getting in on the wine action yeah. as well. Maddie, what, what kind of wine you got? What oh, okay. So this is uh, Reckless Quick, Love by Rebel Coast break. Wines. It is a sponsor of ours, I have to say, but we actually always drink this stuff at home. They sent us a case, so I thought I might as well share it with my buddy Try I'm and then the barely give Travis... And he left. I'll take the last drops. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> sorry for the plug. I had to. What's up? Just talking about the cherry oak notes of the I can't tell. Tries to become a smellier in his injury timeout. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce those. I can't tell. Um, but yeah, so you, you beat Burek, who you were just starstruck to practice with. Mm-hmm. Was that sort of your when you had that moment was was that like a welcome to the avp tour like we're here or were you thinking at that time man we got kind of lucky because i feel like there's one or two ways you can go with that that you've established yourselves or man we got to prove this wasn't a fluke first of all nobody tell Beric that maddie was starting <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> I, i'm just i'm just being honest but i love it but if this good back from Beric, we're all gonna hear about it it's all right it's all good <laughs> all right. um no i think um we didn't think we we made it um, to be honest with you, that was, I mean, aside from San Francisco, um, that was probably our, my most memorable win on the AVP to make it, I think we were the 20 something seed to make it out of the qualifier. And it was our very first AVP event. So I don't know, we weren't, there is, there's another long story behind that, um, tournament, which I think you might enjoy. Do you want me to get into it or are you trying I'm, to move on? I'm always good with story time. So, so that tournament was, was a tough one. I'll get, um, my, my Nana was, uh, was diagnosed and, um, with cancer and, um, she was in the hospital and our parents were visiting her. So my parents sent my little brother with us, Jameson. He was like 14 years old at the time. So I'm like, all right, we'll take him with us. And so the, the night before that qualifier, our Nana, who you know from Hawaii, uh, she passed away. And so we, talk, we talked to our auntie on the phone the night before. So that, you know, added a little bit more emotion to it. And we had our little brother with us. And so going into that, uh, well, going into that, that, that qualifier, there was not a lot on the line, but we had a little bit more to fight for. And to win that, I mean, you can imagine kind of the emotional response with all of us there. And so we got to play in our very first AVP event. And so um, we had the option of, of getting a coach for $75. We're like, oh, who better than our 14-year-old brother? Yeah. Jameson, right? And so we ended up playing Casey and Gibb the first round. We got close, but they were probably just conserving their energy. And then later that night, um, we – or no, so we didn't make it to Saturday. We, uh, we went out Friday night, and uh, – me and Riley left Jameson in the Airbnb. Jameson ends up locking us out of our apartment. And Riley has to scale three stories up because Jameson's asleep. In and New he's York climbing. City. And I just made an Instagram post of this. I was literally spotting him from 20 feet up. Like, dude, I got you. I got you. And Riley's like deathly terrified. I'd be scared. He's hanging on a ledge going across to break in. how much he yelled at Jameson. Oh, my gosh. Lit Jameson up. But it was deserved because Riley almost died. And, or if he didn't die, I would have died trying to save him. That's kind of what our relationship is it's like. It's like something out of Home Alone. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we got, um, what you call it? We, uh, so we, we got through that night, and then the, the AVP was asking if players wanted to do an exhibition match. And we went to Conover, we're like, hey, if you don't get anyone, me and Riley would love to do it. It's just some two bearded guys from the qualifier playing against Jeremy Casebeer and Kochi uh, Nishimura, I yep. think. Kochi? Kochi? Koichi. 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 Koichi, sorry. Koichi. 
So is Japanese legend. So, so that was gonna be on Sunday. Saturday night we go out. Taylor Crab is out of the tournament as well. Me, Riley, and Taylor go out. Uh, me and Riley get into a little bit of a scuffle with each other. Taylor is thankfully <laughs> there to like break it up. Uh, like Riley was chasing me down the street. Taylor is like is trying to push him back. Taylor, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I could have taken him. I could have taken him. Riley's like trying to juke Taylor on the street, and I'm kind of like, uh, he looks a little crazy. <laughs> but we got into a scuffle. We we ended up making up. We had to. We had to make up and then head to the AVP tournament and then play in this exhibition match, which, which went pretty well. So that was our very first AVP tournament. And not all of them are that eventful. But, yeah, I thought I'd share. And so, so you guys, the, I think you, you make every qualifier but one. Um, San Francisco. San Francisco. And it was funny because I was training with Dylan Merrick this morning and we reminisced Dude. on that. He did. <laughs> Dude, they played well. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and who's his partner? Co- he's playing um, with Cody Kessel. Who, dude, Cody Kessel came out of nowhere. I, I didn't know can, who he was. He can jump over that I know. People think right I can there. jump high. He yeah, skies. Kessel's he's springy. And I didn't know what to expect either. And I think their first round, they didn't do very well or it was close. So I was like, hmm, okay. But it was windy, and, and Dylan played really well. But anyway, that sucked. But, I mean, I'm thankful. Almost every qualifier we've played in, we've gotten out. I can't say that for... Most of the people. Give you a little juice for uh, San Francisco the next year. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes, you, you turned you turned a bad memory into a really good one. Not qualifying to winning. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. I'll take it. I'll take it any day. That was a that was a fun uh, uh, AVP to call on the broadcast where I had Maddie down. I just I didn't even have to do my notes on Madison. I'm just like spewing out like. Uncle Owen's back home watching on TV right now, and Claudia, and That's just cool. naming the whole family. It was like the easiest match to call. I think a lot of people thought it was a little biased because I no. just kept talking about you. Never. Like, You're well, just calling it, call it how you see never it. Never a <laughs> child, <laughs> childhood friend, college teammate, best friend. I got called out later in the year by uh, the, the wannabes, which is like a cheering group in, in Chicago. In New Orleans. In, yeah, They're a New Orleans based kind of traveling band of volleyball fans. Yeah, they, they were holding up a sign in, uh, in what was it, Chicago, in the stands, and they got on TV and it says, Try, we know you're from Hawaii. <laughs> oh, really? Because I mentioned that I'm from Hawaii and I talk about Hawaii. Well, it was so perfect. You get your name on the Jumbotron on the, uh, Jumbotron on the sign. More, more you're strategic. Exactly. Strategic decisions. The, the wannabes are great. Yeah. They, pub is good pub. Yeah. They're a solid group of people. I've, I've got to meet a few of them. And when did, so you made, in, in, and you mentioned his uncle Owen, and I kind of want to do a little segue in a second, but so you guys made all, a fair amount of qualifiers and main draws in 2015, and then all of them, I think, in 2016, or is that San, or San Francisco 2016? I think San Francisco was 2016. Okay. Well, when did you guys become the Beard Bros? When did that start? I mean, honestly, it, it came from that first tournament in New York. That was that was when you yeah, got. Yeah, I mean, we. Well, so yeah, so we yeah we always had to shave when we went to SC. Sorry if my stories all revert back to Europe, but we had to shave when we were at SC. So when we went to Greece, we were like, hey, let's let him go. Riley had grown a beard while he was in Italy, and I was still at SC. But in Greece, it wasn't like, hey, you do this, I'll do this. It wasn't like that. We just kind of left it and. Just kept it going. And I tell people, like, I was in Greece. All the Greek women spoke Greek. I was not going to find a Greek girlfriend out there. So I was like, what the (laughs) hell? I'm going to do it. Theo Brenner found a wife. Well, maybe he has a better game than me. (laughs) He probably does. Probably does. He can pull a Greek girl. I can't. Um, So I was like, I don't really care what I look like. So those just kept going and going and then we came back i don't know why we didn't get rid of them when we came back i I really don't um i know when i came back i got interrogated for like 45 minutes at at lax asked me where i've been and like i don't know why after that i wasn't like "Uh, this this should probably go we weren't like oh we're gonna take this to the avp right we're gonna pause there for a quick commercial break from our wonderful sponsors you're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawera, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is, of course, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. 
This podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel to Florida, if you wanted to go visit the FIVB Major, to Hawaii, if you want to go see my boy Tri at the Outrigger Canoe Club, to Europe, to California for any of the AVP and FIVB events out here on the best coast, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way. Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. We had none of those plans ahead of us, I, but I really don't know why we didn't get rid of them. And so when I think we got termed the bearded bros was, I think, in New York. Not, I mean, we made it out of the qualifier, but playing in that exhibition match, I mean, people were wondering, who are these people? People were uh, cheering like, the beard says no if I got a block. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's where I think it all evolved from. But it's nothing on our part. We just grew them. Yeah, and now, like, is there any pressure to keep them? Like, do you ever wake up and you're like, God, I just want to shave because my if I grow out the stubble for about four days, I'm like, man, I'm getting kind of itchy. And you've got full on. So if you've been watching, judging how many times I twirl my mustache, yeah. we're probably closing <laughs> on 300, 400. I'm pretty attached to it, obviously. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I know I look better without it, but I, I'm not going to get rid of it. Now, speaking to your, your itch for all you bearded people out there, it's that three, four month mark. That is is the tough. That's that's the rough. That's the rough phase. You don't really look good. People ask you, "Are you doing okay in your life? Like, do you need help?" Um, it gets a little itchy, but once three and four are passed, dude, you're you're fine. You're chilling. There we go. So we're doing a, a quick two minute how to grow a beard tutorial. Mm-hmm. Just got to make it through the four month period. Oh, you could. Yeah. That's where it all started. You're so much cooler when you have facial hair at that age. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're just immediate legitimacy. (laughs) No, it's true. And I was sneaking over to Punahou after school every day, trying to sneak in the weight room. I still can't grow a beard, but I got a little chest hair, so it's... I'm loving it right now. You can fit in. You're fine. Well, it's, it's so funny, though, and <clears throat> you mentioned this when you were taking a look at the manuscripts of the beach volleyball book that I'm working on is your Uncle Owen. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So he yeah. got a massive sponsorship from Gillette for shaving. For, so he had this clean-cut face. So he you know made, that? He made, that's an excerpt that, that's in his book. I was, like, I, was reading, I was reading through the archives of the L.A. Times one day, and it was like, an, it was like from 1988 or something. And just, guy who's writing a book all in the history of Beach Falls. Yeah. And not to plug him, but I've read the first draft. It's actually very legit. Yeah, like he's I'm looking forward to it. teaching me about my sport. And you, you wrote a forward to it, so this is, we're all working on I, it. I actually learned a lot from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be mandatory for all the players to read it and, like, understand where our sport comes from. Because us guys from Hawaii, we just kind of showed up. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Who are these people? No. Oh, no idea. <laughs> yeah, so, and apparently, we've got some McKibben roots so his uncle Owen landed a huge sponsorship from Gillette because you could keep a clean cut face and like look really good and smooth. And now you guys how, are the beard How bros. ironic <laughs> is that? Ironic, right? That's exactly. the word he used, ironic. <laughs> I know. I thought he put it in because of that. I was like, interesting. This guy does his homework. Yeah, I texted him one day. I was like, is your dad named Owen? He goes, no, that's my uncle. And I was cracking up. We've had some good nights at, over at Uncle Owen. Yeah. lucky enough to be invited over to... Multiple fight nights over there. Yeah, not between me and Riley, but on pay per view. Right. Usually ends up Maddie and Riley, maybe? No. No, it's you and Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've wrestled a few times. But yeah, UFC fight nights. 
Yeah. <laughs> My uncle's, he, he's an early dude. He's about 53 right now. He looks, he's in like the best shape of he his life. He's been on more men's health magazines <laughs> than anyone else. He used to be on Bowflex. He's an early dude. You should check him out. That's awesome. And yeah. so the, the start of 2017, you and Riley begin the year playing together. Mm-hmm. And you started in the qualifier, which still, I think that still speaks to the depth of the AVP right now. And that you started from the qualifier, you went, you were in two, so you were in Huntington and then back in, in New York and, yeah. and you won a tournament the same oh, year no, that you were in the qualifier twice. Oh no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. You're right. Um, that first qualifier that you played in at that point, you've been in so many main draws. Is it just a nuisance to be in the qualifier? Do you still get nerves? Like, oh, what's it like to be from main draw, main draw, main draw? I, I can probably speak for, for Riley and myself. It's almost more, more nerve-wracking in the qualifier than it is in the main draw, you know, right. especially after having those finishes because people don't realize the qualifier is no easy feat, right? I'll tell you one thing. Barely anyone in the main draw wants to be in the qualifier, not because it's extra gains, but because they could lose a match to some of these up-and-coming teams. That's how ruthless it is there. So going into that qualifier, you're like, oh, God, it's a lot of pressure, and you're facing good teams. I mean, we had uh, Derek Olson and Jeff Samuels in the last round. Yeah of that qualifier both? i'm sorry I, I played in so many qualifiers like sometimes i just don't yeah remember. that was the last round and, and they both went pretty far this year in main draws and Derek olsen was playing in in grand slams like a two years ago yeah so he's, he's in the qualifier legit yeah. super legit my first uh fivb partner Derek olsen oh really he's cool South dude Africa. he's coaching yeah he's coaching up at cal right now yeah. the girls side heard he's doing well yeah but, but qualifiers i mean the most nerve-wracking part is that you lose in the main draw. Okay, you made some money. You you at least came out even on your trip. Yeah. You lose in the qualifier, you just went yeah. into the tank. Later. Yeah. And that's why I felt so bad for Rafu this year. Just did something to the volleyball gods. Because oh. he... For, so first round in Huntington... His draws were him, awful. Him and Kevin McCulloch get Reed Pretty and Came Shock. Which is like... Came honestly, that's, that's like a late Saturday AVP match. Yeah. Honestly. And because Rafa was in the semifinals. And then in New York, he gets Ricardo and came first round. That's right. I remember this. <laughs> he was the number one seed in both. Rafa, I'm sorry. And he got four Olympians. I the- <laughs> you went what? What? I went paintballing with Rafa yesterday. Oh, really? Where's my call? Where's my call? It was a birthday party. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. You can't bring me. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're, wow. we're, we're reeling it back to, to Huntington. So that's the last tournament this year. Well, not the last one, but for a good while, that was the last that you played with Riley. Yeah. So he hurt his hand, right? Yeah. So what, what happened, long story short, uh, we were in the third game, uh, third it's set the against the Baumgrins. Oh, yeah. Try coach yeah. us. <laughs> they let uh, sit on their bench for one match. And dude, you match. held. You held. But unfortunately, Riley broke his hand. Uh, like a, a ball came off my block, had so much spin on it that I guess it it hit Riley's pinky and kind of twisted it a little bit and just made it very vulnerable she to breaking. Diving. Yeah. He was diving and it was like this. Yeah. He laid out like an open hand scoop dive. Yeah. The ball hit his hand as his hand hit the sand. And like, yeah. It broke. And I was, I mean, he's like, dude, something isn't right. I thought it was like, I thought it was wussing out. I said, dude, you just sprained your pinky. And he's like, he kept hand setting. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But he ended up having a fracture uh, in his hand. So that was not the way we all wanted to start off 2017. Right. And now you were in a position that you had, hadn't been in in a while. No. And that you needed a new partner with a different last name. Yeah, like, I feel it. It was, uh, it was a new experience for me. You know, um, it's, it's hard for all the players out there, you know, kind of circulating for new, new partners, especially, I mean, it's tough on the, the higher level of players but you that's in their own echelon they're all kind of mixing and matching you'll end up with someone good and but when it comes to like the middle of the way and the and kind of like the border between top qualifier and top main draw the partner switches as you know just as much as me it's you can get really you can get screwed in there yeah like really like you can go from a middle of the way qualifier uh, avp main draw player and if partner leaves you and you're a defender because there's so many defenders not enough blockers you could go straight back into the qualifier. That happened to look at Derek Olson, for example. Yeah. So it is. It's a. It's a scary situation to be in. Luckily, I'm a blocker, so there's not many of us out there. And lefty, which helps too. Kind of. Ish. If I have a small guy that wants to play on the left, but I'm just as good on the right. I don't know. On the he's, left. He's ambidextrous. 
that's another story. But um, but no, yeah, it was a, a, a strange situation to be in. I, I made some phone calls. People were kind of already locked up. And fortunately enough, I, I got the call from Reed Pretty, you know, th- three-time Olympian, four-time Olympian. Four-time Olympian, three-time medalist. I always I looked up to growing up. So to get that call from Reed, you know, I almost screenshot it on my phone. I was with Riley. I was like, Riley, look, I think it was that stoked, <laughs> but I couldn't help it. And so to, to get the call from Reed Pretty was uh, like a dream come true. Who would have ever thought I'd get to play with this guy? Right. Yeah. And how was it just playing with someone new? Because obviously when you're playing with your brother, not only are you playing with someone that you're familiar with as a beach volleyball player, but that's someone that if they hit the ball out, like you can call them out and just be like, what the hell was that? Right. But when you're playing with someone new, you're just like, you got it. Like you kind of got to ease into these new relationships. Yeah. I mean... I'm definitely a player to fall on the side of like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm definitely not going to call anyone out. But I learned a lot from Reed and on two different sides of it. One was his mentality and approach to the game, which was unique. I mean, you don't play in four Olympics and don't have this set mentality of trying to get things done or approach things differently. And so I learned a lot from him there. And then the other side of that is how he approached beach volleyball. He he was trying to take the uh, the tactics and um, – how he gathers information in the indoor game and apply it to beach, which I thought was extremely interesting. You know, he had this whole team of people following him, but he had a, a statistician, um, I want to say Joe. And what they were able to come up with, um, at, even at practices, was just kind of revolutionary for me. So I was like, wow, this is fantastic. Is this what it's usually like when you uh, leave your brother for a partner? <laughs> but I'm just kidding. I think everyone was kind of watching Reed from the outside because we didn't know what to think. I mean, this, he's an elite indoor player and elite professional athlete, so we're all just kind of like, he's, I mean, he already said that 2020 is his goal, and there's four of us guys who can make it, and we're like, whoa, that's aggressive, like, he's trying to take one, one of these spots, like, right off the bat. I know. Let's see what this guy's going to do. And, and that's, what I understand from, from playing with him is that's just the type of person he is. Like, he yeah. sets his goals, and he's like, I'm going to get that, and you won't get in my way. Right. You won't get in my way because these are my goals. You got it so, right? yeah, it was uh, j- just a unique opportunity. Yeah, and so you guys, I mean, you played Austin and New York. So fortunately, we got the wild card to Austin. We we got a fifth in that. Um, our first round loss was to Case Beer and Mayor. I remember that because things did not go very well, and we ended up facing them off in the match to go into the semis. And unfortunately, we lost, but. It was played underneath the lights in Austin. It Austin was, was cool. It was pretty. It oh, was pretty was dope. Watch, yeah. It was really cool. Great setup and just the fans alone. They had so many people come out. They had one team from Austin that came out of the qualifier, um, and they actually gave Billy and Stafford a run for yeah, the money did. first round. Which I was like, oh, what? But uh, no, just just overall great event. Yeah, and what did you just learn about just how to adjust to? I mean, you've been playing volleyball your entire life, but just finding someone's set or just like setting a back set how far you got to go behind your head or just the height or that sort of thing was that a tough adjustment to make because like you said like you guys got whacked your first match with, against with and Reed, Beer. yeah like trying to figure out how to set him. right set and just like seam passes just small stuff that a lot of people might not notice that comes in handy with partnerships <sighs> you're talking about how it went with, with well just Reed. with in oh. terms of not even just Reed, but i mean you had a couple different partners throughout the year just Mm-hmm. making that transition regularly yeah no i mean it, it was definitely something new for me um both the guys that i played with though reed and ty it was nice because they they took the reins you know um if i need to be a leader on a team i'll be a leader but if there's someone who can lead better than me i will follow suit so fortunately enough i got to play with reed pretty we already talked about him and then i got to play with ty loomis a veteran on on the on the AVP and someone with a completely different outlook, two completely different personalities, and so in my mind, I really got the best of both worlds playing with both those guys. Yeah, and now when you when you partnered up with Ty, your first tournament was Seattle. Yeah, and you guys went one two barbecue. We got thirteenth. So was that for, for those of you who know that means you lose both your matches. Yeah, and so what? <laughs> With a new partner, a lot of people might just say, all right, well, we tried it. Uh, let's go our separate ways. Why did you stay together for the next event? So I've, I've, when, when Riley first uh, hurt his hand, I, I actually really wanted to play with Ty Loomis. Um, I, I love his personality. I love who he is as a person. And, you know, even though I didn't play with him before then, he always kind of took me and Riley under his wing. 
And so going into Seattle, um, Ty is a very optimistic person. And, you know, I, after that tournament, I don't know where, where he stood with everything, but I really wanted to see what would come next from it because I really liked working with him. He was an incredibly good mentor or sensei by name just because of his Eastern influence and philosophy. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I talk a lot about Try, especially, or not Try, but uh, <laughs> Ty Loomis, especially in San Francisco, because though we got 13th, we went into San Francisco, and um, Loomis was a very good leader, and what made him great was that he knew how to get the best out of me. And I, I mean, I go back and forth of trying to get that out of myself, but he was able to recognize what sort of player I was, what I needed, and he, he gave that to me. He made a conscious effort to find that and, and bring that out of me in every single match. Or to calm me down, or you know, if you get a little stressed, to bring me back. And I, I've talked about this in in a video we made in MCK volleyball. It was it was about breathing, and it actually helped a lot. We worked with our sports psych um, the months leading up to that tournament. But Ty would make me, especially in the finals. Ty would ask me to to breathe with him, breathe with him in between my serving and everything. He'd bring me there, like, hey, just take a deep breath, and it, it actually helps a lot if you're willing to take all that information in. And, and actually believe in it and kind of listen to someone finally instead of like someone, a partner suggests something, you're like, yo, I got my own shit to worry about, like, F off, right? So I, I took that consciously and it actually made the, the world of difference. So that's... that's yeah, and how much of this, dude, just your past experience, like when you did that breathing exercise, for example, were you thinking in the back of your mind, like, oh, that would be like, well, when I guess when you were figuring out videos, were you like, that's definitely something I want to do. Yeah. Did you just retrace your steps throughout the season and be like, that's a good lesson I learned. Let's try to spread this out. No, how, how that video came to be was me and Riley, we, we try and plan out our, our tutorials, but yeah. sometimes life gets in the way. And half the time, half the videos we've come out with, we've had to like pivot and like, oh, oh shit, what, what can we come out with? And so I think Riley was gone that weekend. I was like, hey, I have an idea of how I can make a video on my own, just using footage from, from that. And so that, that's what's best about our, our channel is like we have so much information and resources to pull on. It's like, all right, I'll just make a video on this by myself. So that's how that video came to Okay, me. It wasn't like, oh, I really want to tell people the biggest thing that helped me in the AVP finals, but it, it really was. And it just kind of evolved because we didn't have anything to shoot that week. <laughs> we do plenty of scrambling for the sand cast as well. But that's when some of the, that's when some of the best things happen. And at least our, our newest ideas, that's, that's, I don't know. I'm not saying, Hey, don't plan anything, but I will say leave room for, don't let it stop you from moving forward. Yeah. Just rush them. Boo. Charge them. That's what we say. No, yeah. I don't, I don't know what language you are just speaking. And that'll do it for part one for Sandcast with Madison McKibben. Again, if you wanted to watch the video version of it, I highly recommend it. It's pretty fun. It, it's a little bit choppy, but that's kind of how it goes with all first uh, first experiments. And overall, I would say it was it was a success. We had some funny engagement. Casey Patterson was getting a running bet on how many times Madison would twirl his mustache. So we might have to do that for the giveaway for part two is if you can go back and just count up how many times Madison twirls his mustache. It's not officially how we're going to do it, but I'm just thinking out loud here. So uh, catch us on, uh, on Sandcast with part two with Madison next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>